is up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are cleaning pools and talking about trauma as we review the newest A24 movie on Apple Plus TV, Causeway. A U.S. soldier suffers a traumatic brain injury while fighting in Afghanistan and struggles to adjust to life back home. Warning, spoilers are ahead for Causeway, the newest movie from A24. Uh, right to Apple TV Plus came out uh, last Friday, actually. So it, so by the time this pod goes live, it will have been out for one week. Um, and I love that that we can just stream this. I You know, last week oh. we covered Stars at Noon right on Hulu. Um, I'm loving this new, like, A24 straight to streaming world that we're living in, Ben. This is pretty sweet. Yeah, no complaints from me. Uh, we are both, as we've mentioned on here, big fans of the theater, mm-hmm. but I am also a big fan of convenience. So the fact that I could <laughs> just like fire this up at home, uh, I was all about it. And I think this was like, we'll, we'll get into our thoughts, but this was a good Apple TV plus movie. This was a great streaming movie. Yeah, totally agree. I, I love that you put it that way because it definitely felt like that. So here's a little story um, quickly before we dive into this movie, we're going to review it. We're going to talk potential, uh, maybe Oscar campaign, what we see for this yeah. movie, if it's got any potential. We got some good A1 acts coming up as well. Um, so I went to a Regal Mystery Movie last night, actually. So we're recording this on a Tuesday. I went to the Monday okay. Mystery Movie. They've had two, two of them now. The first one ended up being the greatest beer run ever. So it's it's five bucks mm. and, and you you buy a ticket and it's a mystery movie. You don't know what it is but it is an early release of some sort. So the first one ended up being the greatest beer run ever, which was an Apple TV plus movie. Um, I thought it was very bad. It didn't, it didn't work for me on nearly <laughs> any level. Um, so I went to go see the mystery movie last night, which ended up being another Apple TV plus movie. So I assume oh. Regal and Apple are, are just do- dishing out the checks to each other or something in this yeah, situation together. Um, absolutely. So it ended up being spirited, which again, I-, I hate to say it, but it just absolutely didn't work for me on nearly any level. Um, so that was big, two big misses for Apple TV plus for an in theater experience. If I would have gone to the mystery movie last night and gotten Causeway, I would have been exceptionally, uh, surprised and happy. And yeah. I feel like I would have walked out of there with 90 minutes, exceptionally well spent. I do think that this works very well as a streaming movie but i can see it being so intimate and so personal and so really traumatic could work very very well in a theatrical setting um so anyway that is my story i just needed to air out my grievances with with regal and apple tv plus and just say (laughs) they took a big win on this one uh with causeway general thoughts on the movie i want to know i want to know what you thought because we both watched it today um Mm. and and it's pretty intense man it's pretty deep honestly yeah. Um, so compared to the witch, uh, this movie. No, I'm just <laughs> this kidding. is the um, new pod. This is the new pod. We get everything is the witch. Where do we go from here? Compared to the witch. Uh, I mean, honestly, though, like along those lines, like this was it was intense, but it was a super slow burn. Yep. Um, which is why I thought it worked well for streaming. Like I think any movie will be great for the theater, but I just think it, it worked really well here. Um, but yeah, very slow burn, but some stellar performances especially by our two main characters here our two protagonists uh just really carrying it all like even though it is a slow burn you you feel what they're feeling you feel their emotions like you you understand to some extent like what they're going through as much as like they let on throughout the movie so i i had a really good time it's a beautiful movie yeah it was one of those things where it's like 
as I'm watching is like, oh, this is definitely like an A24 movie, which sounds like maybe redundant to say, obviously, that's what this podcast is. But <laughs> it, I think it's those things like they take the time to like show the the scenic shots or just like the, the still shots of like yep. the pools or whatever, all that kind of stuff. Um, they 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 able to work that into the movie and have it add value to it, which I think it totally does. Uh, it's not always concerned about like, we've got to have dialogue in every scene. We've got to have all this kind of stuff. Um, and this movie did a wonderful job of that. Uh, I thought both performances, both from Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry were fantastic. Um, they, they did a, a wonderful job and yeah, I know. I, I, I went into it pretty blind to be honest. Like I mm-hmm. saw the trailer, um, but even then that kind of like doesn't give you a full idea of what's going to happen it's not misleading like the witch um but it uh <laughs> what was the other one that we watched that really threw me off it comes at night that was the one that really was just oh like, yeah that was not absolutely what not what the trailer all. said um that and then no. you know i feel like the infamous one for our pod at least is lamb like build as a yeah. as a absolute horror flick not even close yeah <laughs> no not even close um so yeah i, I had a good time with this I, I really did i thought it was it was a powerful movie powerful story uh, and just told very very well I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, I also had a pretty good time with it. I think it was really solid. On Letterboxd, they gave it a three and a half. Um, I feel like that, I feel like it was just a really solid movie, right? And I feel like that's a really um, kind of important thing sometimes that people overlook is like, this movie is just good. It's just, like, it's not great. Yeah. It's not fantastic. It's, it's not a masterpiece. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's just really a solid film. And I think mm-hmm. more solid films just like need to be respected and made and like, are really crucial to like the cinematic culture and the movie going experience. Right. Because that is like what makes up a bulk of what we end up watching is just like pretty good films. Um, so I like it. I I love that this is a two hander. Um, we're kind of getting the, you know, not really the year of two handers, but like the two weekends of two handers with, with Causeway. And then we got the Banshees of inner Sheeran that came out last weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, both kind of, you know, tackling large questions in life. Banshees tackles, you know, what are you, what do you make of your life? Is it worth living um, if, it's, if it's not dedicated to a specific service of, of history? And this tackles, you know, who, who are you in, in people's worlds? Like, what, is, what yeah. do people mean to you? What do um, you mean to others? How do you kind of traverse that while undergoing, you know, big, big traumatic incidences? Um, mm-hmm. I, I do love the fact that, that there were two things specifically I wanted to call out. First being like sitting with what is going on. And, and you mentioned that, I think, you know, it's a very A24-esque kind of property that a lot of these movies have is you just sit in it and you just watch it. And, like, we get a lot of still shots of, of pools and stores and streets and, and cars passing. Yeah. And I, I think that's a very important way to manifest how our main character, Jennifer Lawrence, as, you know, playing Lindsay, lives in a world that is, is going, is constantly going mm-hmm. on around her no matter what her trauma might be, how difficult life is for her. Um, The second, I thought the score was quite good, although it was superior superbly underused in my opinion i thought yeah. the silence was good but i would have liked a little bit more of that powerful strings that that we got kind of in the beginning and then we got kind of at the end of the second act i i thought it was really nice um but i just wanted more of them but i, th- I think this was pretty good i gotta ask you because i saw on twitter earlier today potential bids for brian tyree henry going for best actor for causeway what do you what do you feel about that? Are we are we looking for any Oscar noms out of this movie here? Oh, uh, I think out of the two of them, he's the one that I would uh, pick, I guess, yep. to push. You know, for this. Um, although I do think 
I don't know. I guess in my mind, it was more of a supporting role, even though, sure. you know, they they have pretty split screen time, but I, I wouldn't be upset at all if they pushed that. And if he was able to get nominated, cause I thought he was just like superb in this. Jennifer Lawrence was wonderful. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but it just feels like one of those things where I feel like you and I right now could just talk back and forth and come up with like five people that could have played that role. <laughs> yeah. But sure. Brian Tyree Henry was perfect for his performance and for that role. So I don't know that I would have wanted to replace him with anyone else. So uh, I'm, I'm all for it. I think the more recognition the streamers can get from the yep. Academy and the Globes is, is good for everybody. Sure. Interesting take. Um, I, I love that. And I, I think you're totally right. When I, Think about this, Brian Tyree Henry. When you when you think about an Oscar nom, right? It generally takes um two two really like permanent things, and and that being a, a good monologue and a redeeming story arc, right? Mm-hmm. And I I feel like I feel like he definitely has the monologue. We get a couple monologues actually from him in this, which I was like, wow, this is good. This is powerful. Like he he yeah. is he's doing very good stuff here. The redeeming character arc, uh, we'll get into. I, I'm a little curious your takes which is kind of my segue. I have two more questions for you before we get into A1X. So number one, Brian, Ty- and this is full spoilers. Um, Brian Tyree Henry plays James. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know your read on him. I want to know your read on him as a character because I'm still kind of up in the air about him and his demons and how he manages his own trauma. Like, do you feel like he had a redeeming character arc or do you maybe feel like he's just, ignoring everything going on in his life um man i don't that's a great question i think and i know we're recording very late so i hate to do that to you i hate to drop a big (laughs) bomb on you (laughs) no it's good i just i think we see that a lot um we understand why he drinks so much as we understand more of his backstory and his trauma i think that's how he's choosing to deal with it um and it's gut-wrenching what happens again we're full spoilers here Um, but you know, there's a car accident involved and he had his sister and her son. So his nephew in the car with them. And we find out in the most heartbreaking way that the only person who didn't survive was his nephew. And so he now has to, to live with that. And so I think he's just like repressing as much as he can, all those feelings with alcohol. Um, but at the same time, able to see Jennifer Lawrence for who she is and, you know, maybe like pushing back on like what she's experiencing, not experiencing, but like how she's experiencing, I guess, and like how she per- perceives people. I think he's the person that's kind of able to like call her on her shit a little bit, mm-hmm. which is nice. But I think that only comes because of how much stuff he's had to go with. But I also, I don't know how you ever get over something like yep. that. You know, I think he's dealt with it as best he could. He has the literal reminder every single day with his leg. Like yeah. it's something he will never, ever be able to forget. So um, yeah, I think that's where a lot of his like alcohol abuse comes in. Yeah, I think the story definitely succeeded when we kind of get that lead in into the third act. We get that scene with them in the pool, and we're obviously going to talk about it here, where they, they kind of blow up at each other. They explode, and they're like, deal- they are two traumatized people dealing with exceptionally different traumas in exceptionally different ways and, and capacities. Yeah. Um, And I really did like his juxtaposition with, like, because I guess that was my struggle, was, like, this dude's just a drunk. Like, he just he just mm-hmm. drinks and he gets high. Like, that is how he deals with that. But also that's the point, right? Like that is how he deals with that. And that is what he does to manage his trauma while Lindsay, um, you know, kind of goes the other way and, and, and tries to get back to normal, tries to really push herself back to a reality that she wants to be in, which is two very different like ways to handle it. Um, so 
I like his I like his character arc in that. Um, what did you think of the jump to the future that we get in the very beginning? So we see Jennifer Lawrence for like eight minutes, ten minutes, and really get to feel out how she is really struggling with getting healthy and and doing things on her own. And then all of a sudden we get a jump in the future. She's coming back from a jog. She's helping bring in groceries. She is totally normal. Did that work for you? It did. I thought it was like an interesting form to like start out the movie essentially with a montage, you know, it's mm-hmm. like here is the backstory and now here we go kind of thing. Um, from that beginning scene where we're just holding uh, on a static shot behind her, assuming she's just like sitting on a bench or something. And then suddenly yeah. someone's pushing a wheelchair. It's it like, Oh, me. Whoa. Okay, cool. I didn't expect that. Yep. Um, and so everything is happening from the first thing where she can't even like take her the sleeve of her sweater Ooh. off, you know, to brushing her teeth, everything. And then to show that progression and then get to the point like, Oh, she's running now. It's like, okay, cool. We don't know how much time this has been, but we know that she's like, making progress and this is where we're at still not perfect as we find out throughout you know yep. the, the the movie but um I th- it worked for me it was a very effective you know a lot of movies could have just started with her leaving rehab or whatever and just been like i'm better now but yeah. if i think it was good to kind of get an idea of where she was at and it comes up later on like with those like uh snow cone things when she can't hold it's like oh yeah we've, yeah. we've experienced this with her before so it was a good good kind of callback and yeah refresher I felt like the tone worked very well in that first kind of 10 minutes to really set us up of those very intimate, longing shots of silence, of her staring out at windows, her sitting on beds all by herself, like not able yeah. to speak to her house nurse like initially. Um, and, and I really enjoyed that the first thing she says is, you know, she's talking to her house nurse and, and you know, mentions like how something about the house nurse is like husband or something. And she goes, wow, what a miserable life to, to live. And she's like, wow, yeah. I, I'm so sorry. Like, I just say things. And I was like, damn, that is a really smart way to, like, draw us into her mind and her world of, like, mm-hmm. she's pretty fucked up. And, like, she's having a hard time getting better. Um, great segue into our first, first uh, A1 act here. I just wanted to put the montage on here. She's trying to remember faces. She's trying to write. She's trying to walk. And she's having a hard time with all of them. I... I felt pretty immediately emotionally attached to that. Do you want to add anything or should we just keep rolling? No, I mean, I think we've, we said everything we can about, it. I agree with you. It, it, it tied me to her character instantly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next on the list, we've got that her, not her, but her mom's truck. She's driving around town. It goes bust. She almost gets into an accident. Someone yells at her and uh, essentially says like, Hey, fuck you. Get off the road. Um, I wanted to put this on the list because I feel like this movie continually called back especially i for some reason and i don't have like a personal connection to any any like ptsd any like vets anything Mm -hmm. like that but i do i do think it is a really powerful tool to say everybody is going through something different all the time and that person that yells like hey fuck you get off the road has zero idea that she just suffered like a ptsd panic attack and almost died Mm -hmm. like could have killed herself and I think that scene works really well for that specific reason to like, again, pull us back and be like, Hey, she, she's not better. Like she, this is a continually ongoing traumatic incident. She will always live with. Yeah. And that, I mean, again, like you said, it kind of goes back to the end of the montage too, of getting better because the nurse, the caretaker is like, Hey, let's make notes. Like who's going to pick you up. But you know, it's just, let's like make these systems for you. And Jennifer Lawrence's character is like, I'm fine. I'm good. Like I'll be fine. Whatever. 
and then something happens and it's like, Oh, okay. I wasn't <laughs> ready for this. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm fine driving a car, but what do I do when like it starts to stutter, you know, a little bit, it's like, then she kind of freaks out. I don't know what happens here. Um, so it was a really interesting way to kind of tie back to that, that as ready as she may have felt she is like, the unexpected yep. happens. Yeah. And the same thing you mentioned with the snow, with, you know, the snow cone later on, like she hasn't dropped mm-hmm. anything all movie. And then all of a sudden drops something. Uh, we got the doctor appointment explaining her brain injury. Uh, we find out it is a cerebral hemorrhage from an explosion while traveling in a car in Afghanistan. She describes the events in great traumatic detail. And we get this really slow, continual zoom on her over the entire monologue. Um, I love that scene. Thought it was really good. Yeah, it was a great monologue. Uh, I love the doctor as well. I think he's fantastic every time, you know, we see him in a mm-hmm. movie. But it was such, um, yeah, th- that was such a powerful thing to hear her in that one take of just a slow push in of exactly what happened. The guy next to her being on fire, oh. people getting out of the car and just instantly being killed. It's like, what do you do? Like, you have people getting killed in front of you, you know, someone on fire Dang. next to you. So it's like, what do you do in that situation? So wonderful story uh, uh, just told brilliantly through jennifer lawrence yeah absolutely frightening really really good telling uh okay we got a few conversations here because again this movie is really does rely on you know interpersonal conversations for a lot of our storyline and uh, revelations with our characters conversation with mom in the kitchen she ends this conversation by essentially starting to have like some kind of an attack and goes outside and and throws up her mom I, i felt like this was a maybe not unexpected, but pretty brutal from her mom to just push her and be like, oh, you're visiting? So let's visit. How are you? And it's just like, yeah. holy shit, you're kind of an ass. Like, you're a terrible mother. Um, and, yeah. she's, and she's a drunk, right? Like, she, like, she is a bad mom, right? Yeah, but I, I think so much of this movie is about everyone dealing with their trauma in different mm-hmm, ways because mm-hmm. I think she's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we found out, you know, her brother was a junkie and ended up going to prison. I don't know that we ever hear about her dad and what happened there. So this could be the mom just like trying to deal with her stuff as well. But um, overall, it just felt like this has kind of been her entire life. You know, that her mom has been like this. So, uh, you know, the first time when she's in the bed, the mom comes in, you can just kind of see on her face, like, yeah, this is old news of drunk mom coming home, but I'm just going to like go to sleep. So yeah. very cool conversation. Um, And yeah, I think it showed their dynamic. Yeah. 100%. I, you know, you bring up a good point of like everybody dealing with trauma in their own different ways. Um, I think maybe maybe if this movie is a little longer and a little bit more intricate into kind of those those backstories and those personal um, traumatic dealings, I, I think we get a much more powerful film, especially in terms yeah. of like that really hitting home. I feel like we're very focused on obviously our two main characters. Um, next is a conversation with James on the bench about his car accident. This is where we find out everything. Um, pretty much everything about how he, you know, lost his leg. Um, we don't really know a lot about what happened to his sister and where she might be, unless I'm forgetting. But we do understand, like, it was pretty severe and it was it was a bad, bad situation. And this is the point in the movie where they're they're obviously really starting to bond and connect. And I was a little worried for Lindsay, if I'm gonna be honest with you. She's like starting to drink some beer. She's starting to smoke with yeah. James, and I was like. This is not good. Like, I just, I was really worried, man. I, I was wondering how it was going to affect, like, with her, or mix in, you know, with all yeah. the drugs that she was taking, all the medication. Um, but this scene combined with when they go back to the house, later on to his house, mm-hmm. and she's like, man, this is a big house for one person. And then we get kind of get the full story of just like, oh, no, this was mine and my sister's, but 
once everything happened, she just left, you know, and at the beginning they, they're making the connections like, Oh, I knew someone with your last name. It was like Jess something. I played her in basketball and Brian Tyler Henry does not respond at all. No. Just like stays silent. It's like, Oh, okay. So there's an issue there. And then we find out throughout the movie, like, Oh, that's the issue is that he killed his nephew inadvertently, obviously like nothing intentional, but, um, and took that away from his sister. So now they, as we understand it, no longer have a relationship. So, right. uh, very, very cool though, between those two moments. Brian Tyler Henry is very good at that, like stoic, cold, very troubled kind of person, um, yeah. excels in this movie. Conversation um, with James in the pool. We kind of mentioned this earlier. He's got survivor's guilt for letting Antoine sit in the front seat um, and not in his like kind of child seat. And then they make out and then they have a, a big burst about it. Um, you know, yeah. like, and this is another moment. I kind of, I mentioned in the beginning how Lindsay kind of just says things. This is a moment <laughs> where she kind of reverts back to that. And, and he's like, well, why, why did you let this happen? And she's like, well, I just felt so bad for you. And he, and, and naturally as I probably would, he's like, okay, that was pretty shitty thing to do. Like, I don't need you feeling sorry for me for all of this. Like I have enough people feeling sorry for me and they end up really blowing up at each other about how each other deal with trauma. I think it's really represented in a pretty impressive, what I would assume to be realistic fashion of like, they just don't know they're talking about the same thing, right? Like they just, they just don't see eye to eye on that because to each of them, it's their very personal story. Um, I, I thought the scene was really good. Yeah, I think it. I mean, it's it's the scene of the yeah, movie, right? Yep, you know, 100%. not to give away our, our picks, but it's just <laughs> like this is the turning point. Like we had to pause what we were watching, or pause this um, for you know just something going on, and then it was right when they got to the pool. And I'm kind of glad we stopped there because shortly yeah. afterwards the whole scene kicks off. I'm like, oh, I I would not have wanted to stop in the middle of this. So yeah, it was a wonderful scene. Like you said, they're both dealing with the same thing. And she just doesn't realize that. I don't think like he deals, he wants to escape his reality with alcohol. Mm-hmm. She wants to escape her reality by going back to Afghanistan. You know, it's yeah. just like, get me out of this place. I don't want to be here. Uh, I need to do something different. Um, but then he's kind of able to call her on a bullshit. It's like, you just like, you're using people, but I don't think you understand how yeah. you know that affects other people. So a super powerful moment. I loved it. Yeah. Again, again with the Brian Tyree Henry monologue here, this is, this is his moment, right? This is his, his up and down emotional story. Um, two more, I'm going to kind of lump them together. Meeting, meeting, uh, Lindsay's brother in prison. We find out that he, um, is either, either deaf or chooses to communicate with, with sign language. Um, and that is how they communicate to each other. I thought it was really emotional and, and, far more moving than I anticipated it to be. Um, and I love the direction that this went, especially considering the main topic of their conversation was like the brother saying, I think this is good for me. I feel safer in here. I think this is yeah. where I need to be. And again, a really smart play from the movie to just be like, some people are safer in some, in certain places. Like that is why Lindsay wants to go back to Afghanistan. She feels at home there. She doesn't feel at home here and you know, prison and whatever, however you want to, correlate that and think about that is you know entirely up to you but i like that representation um and i assume it took jennifer lawrence a long time to learn all that sign language so i was pretty impressed <laughs> yeah no it was it was super cool i think it was a great moment yeah it's um again like kind of like comes in from that last scene too where he's like yeah so you got a dead brother and all this stuff yeah. like, well, i don't have a dead brother like he's like he's just in prison why do you think he was dead and that whole moment it's like like you keep saying he was, we were, it's all past tense, you know, it's just like, well, maybe cause he is dead. Like that's such a powerful scene there. So to see her kind of, you know, reflect on what he said and then go visit her brother 
was cool. And I like the fact that like that, that he was deaf supposedly. I mean, I'm assuming it's what it is, but yeah. it's not really part of the story. You know, it's just like, it's just what they are. And it's never brought up of like, Oh, I know sign language. It's just like, yeah, this is just a thing, you know? And I don't know, maybe like the, I, I don't know how drugs work. Maybe some of them like mess, uh, mess them up enough to, to cause that. Or he was just like deaf, sure. but we don't talk about it at all. Um, and then we just see that in the scene, but it, it's a great, powerful scene between them. Yeah. And then we get our final scene. Lindsay shows up on the, on the porch of, of James's house and kind of tries to reconcile a little bit, brings a six pack of beer and is like, Hey, I'm just looking for a friend. And then like, it goes black. I, I really wanted to know your thoughts on this final interaction we get with these two people who that's like that, that is their first interaction post blow up. Right. And I, I think yeah. the, the, the supposed quote unquote resolution comes rather fast for them. And I, I know it's not a direct resolution in terms of like, we know the terms that they end on. It's still pretty ambiguous. Um, I don't know if I don't know if it really worked for me, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, definitely vague. Definitely like leaves us wanting more. Uh, it me, I left it vague but optimistic for me mm-hmm. that they both through that blow up were kind of able to understand where each other was at. And so, if if they can build from anywhere, it's from the you know ground level, which is where they are at this moment. So, um, you know, I, I felt optimistic at the end and like she chose to stay and you know, he's maybe he just needs someone there to kind of help him with his stuff. So uh, yeah, I I totally see what you're saying, but I kind of left like, cool. I I think that's going to go well. That's awesome. I think, I think I, I personally would have really benefited from one scene in which we have a, a total breakthrough either for James or for Lindsay in the presence of the other person. And just like really knocking down a wall and saying like, I'm really messed up. I have a lot of trauma. This is how I deal with it. And this is my life. And I just, I just have a hard time letting people in, or I have a hard time like getting people to help me or whatever the case may be. I think a scene like that might've, might've really helped me. I think that's why I'm a little hesitant on that final scene of like, sure. It's optimistic, but like, I don't, I just felt like there was more to give. I just wanted a little bit more. And again, like I felt like 10 more minutes and give me a really powerful, you know, connection with them as their resolution. I would have, far more preferred slash enjoyed that um all that being said i'm i'm going with the pool scene man that's that's the scene. Yeah. that's that's, that's my that's a1 it. act <laughs> without a doubt that's got to be it. it's the it's the best scene of the movie yeah. that is what they will be sending for the brian tyree henry oscar <laughs> like consideration yep. is that scene yep absolutely that'll be the way if he gets nommed that'll be his monologue at at the oscars uh okay yep. we got three a1 uh a1 acts sorry that was my true cinema moment i've got three a1 acts here um Jennifer Lawrence, amazing. Glad that we can talk yeah. about her. I do want to know really quick. D- don't look up. You a fan? Have you seen it? You haven't seen it. I have it. seen it. Okay. I have seen it. Not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea at all. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You? I knew it. I love that. Okay. Uh, I love that movie. I think it's fantastic. Uh, okay. okay. So cool. we, obviously we've got Causeway. We've got the Hunger Games franchise. Really big, really big franchise. Kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, don't look up. We've got X-Men Dark Phoenix. Mother, the uh, Darren Aronofsky. Speaking of Darren Ar- Aronofsky, we we did get a whale teaser. We had a trailer. Yeah, we did. You got anything you want to say yeah. real quick on the on the whale teaser, man? You know, I think that teaser. I thought about it while we were watching this. Like they do great, like just scenic, static shots of mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. surroundings without anything in there. I think that's kind of what made me think of it. Like this is. I know other movies do it. You know, you don't need to tell me in the comments. It's not an A twenty four thing, but it's what I think about when I think about other movies. Like they do a good job of like setting the pace and setting the tone through that kind of stuff you know um yeah i think 
I'm I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to see Brendan Fraser on the big screen again. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Immaculate teaser. Love that it's in 4-3 aspect ratio. Love that it's one minute and like two lines from Brendan Fraser. Yeah. And that is it. I think it's I think it was phenomenal. Uh, Okay. Jennifer Lawrence, sorry, back to her. American Hustle, Silver Linings Playbook, X-Men First Class, and Winter's Bone. Those are the big ones here. Very different characters in, in kind of everything. Um, Even considering this one, what are you going with? You franchise man? Are you going with some of the lesser known stuff? What do you what do you got? Um, you know, I am not a big on her collaborations with David O. Russell. Like I don't love okay. Silver Lang's playbook Fair. or Joy or, you know, any of those movies. Um, I you know, I'm ashamed to say I still have not seen Winter's Bone. Um, Me neither. I think the Hunger Games movies are fine. I think they should have been rated R. Like if you like the Hunger oh, Games, that would have been so cool. Watch Battle Royale. Like that's the really good version of the Hunger Games. Ooh. Have you seen Battle Royale? No, I don't even know if I've heard of that movie, bro. Oh, dude, it's like a Japanese movie, and they basically like kidnap this entire class and basically do Hunger Games. Everyone gets a bag, and in it is like a weapon. Like someone gets a gun, someone gets a rope, whatever, and it's just like. But it's like it's the rated R Hunger Games. It's like it was. I think it kind of inspired the Hunger Games books. So Whoa. watch Battle Royale. It is so, wow. so good. People on YouTube it's, are lucking out right now because my face is just all sorts of emotions. That was <laughs> wild. Yeah. I'm silent, but it that is, is amazing. <laughs> I love that. Um, but I'm going to go with, you know, maybe something people don't like or whatever, but I really enjoyed Mother. Man, I it was all about that it's movie, good. dude. Like <laughs> this, that's such a good movie. It's such a powerful movie. I think she gives a great performance. She really kind of, I mean, she's surrounded by a great cast, but she really carries that thing. Uh, so I'm going to go with Mother. That's fair. Okay, I, I like that. I respect that. I do think she's great in Mother. I've talked about Mother on here before. I fucking can't stand that movie. I think it's <laughs> not, it's just, it's just not, it doesn't, uh, it's, yeah. it's smart. It's great with biblical allegories. It just doesn't work for me. Um, it's all good. Okay, I'm going to play, I'm going to play to my personal audience here. And I'm actually going to choose Don't Look Up because I personally think she makes a great, like frantically stressed out person. I think she's very good at, at like kind of showing doom and gloom and like doing it in a very yeah. provocative way. Being clear, we're trying to tell you that the entire planet is about to be destroyed when we're all 100% for sure gonna fucking die. <laughs> I don't necessarily um, advocate or enjoy for enjoy her relationship with Timothy Chalamet in that movie. I think that's probably like the weakest part of the movie, but that's besides the point. I, I I still think she's good in that um, exceptionally overstuffed cast um, of a movie mm-hmm. that I do like. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, we've got Causeway, Atlanta, Bullet Train, Eternals, Godzilla vs. Kong. He is in Joker, Ben, one of your favorite movies of all time. He is in Arkham Asylum, uh, Clerk, a uh, really underrated role. I mean, he's probably the best part of the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, because very, <laughs> very close to the end. <laughs> yes, it's the best part. This is true. Um, if Beale Street could talk, White Boy Rick and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, he's been in a lot of stuff in the last few years. Yeah. I think he's kind of one of the it men right now for for big projects. Um, I don't really know. I don't really know. I mean, hard not to go with Atlanta. It's a great show if people uh-huh. haven't watched it. Um, but you know, in Ben fashion, and I didn't make the list this time, <laughs> but I'm picking something that's not on the list. You would. And I'm picking a movie that's called Widows from Steve McQueen. Oh, nice. He plays like the uh, antagonist. He is the bad guy. And his like right-hand man is Daniel Kaluuya. 
And the two of them, like, I have never been more intimidated by anyone on screen <laughs> than like Daniel Kaluuya and Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, they both give such great performances in here. Surrounded by a fantastic cast, Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Liam Neeson, wow. John Bernthal, like wow. Robert Duvall, Colin Farrell, speaking of the Batman wow. that you earlier, like it's a great cast, Carrie Coon, um, but these two together on screen are wonderful, so I'm going to go with Widows. Damn, I got to put that on the top of the list. I have heard Widows is like a supremely underrated flick. Um, I love that. I'm, I'm going to go with something new, actually. I'm going to go with Bullet Train. I had a good time Ooh. with Bullet Train. I think it's I, I I think it's a very mediocre film that it was about 30 minutes too long, but I had a good time. I was supremely entertained and his work with Aaron Taylor Johnson, um like kind of the the two-hander like brothers and they got the the whole like connection thing going on. I thought they worked really well together and he's hilarious in that movie. He is nice. absolutely funny. Um Love it. Okay, our last one, Movies in New Orleans. This is set in New Orleans, big part of um, you know what's going on, and where we're where we're at, and where she's living. So we've got Causeway, a streetcar named Desire, The Big Easy, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Twelve Years a Slave, The Cincinnati Kid, Green Book, Mississippi Grind, The Princess and the Frog, and Queen and Slim. That is the short list that I have here. Um, are you, are you picking picking off list? You going off script? As per usual, no. I was surprised that you picked uh, what I was going to pick, and it's on the list here. Uh, so I am gonna Ooh. go with Mississippi Grind, um, which is an A twenty four movie that we haven't covered yet. Um, but it is, yep. you know, some pivotal scenes happen in New Orleans, and you know, we get our guy uh, Ben Mendelsohn with Ryan Reynolds in in not like a Ryan Reynolds performance. This is probably why I like it so much. Like he's not doing Deadpool. He's not doing, okay. you know, his Ryan Reynolds shit, which you may have seen in spirit. Yep. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, he's just doing his yeah. thing now, but I felt like in Mississippi <laughs> grind, like he was an actor, like he was doing something. Uh, yep. And Ben yep. Mendelsohn was fantastic. So I'm going to make sure that's on our list uh, for this season. I want to, I want to cover that for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Mississippi grind for sure. I, I put it on the short list because I knew you were going to pick it. I knew as I soon as I it. saw that, I was like, that's, that's got Ben written all over it. Um, I love it. Yeah, look, quick, quick Ryan Reynolds sidebar before we close out with our ratings here. Two of my five worst movies of 2022 are starring Ryan Reynolds. So I don't know what that says about him. Um, I greatly enjoy him as Deadpool, but he is very bad in, in Spirited and The Atom Project. I think we're very not good movies. Um, so oh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds, up in the air. Who knows? Um, I... <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with twelve. Twelve years of slave. That movie absolutely rips. It is fantastic. Nice. Obviously, Oscar um, just numbers through the roof. Really incredible stuff. Did not know it took place in New Orleans. I haven't seen it for a while. Maybe it's pretty explicit, but um, yeah. that's that's a banger movie. And if you haven't seen it, if you need a good Oscar drama, that's that's the one to go. Okay, a twenty four ranking. I said I gave it three and a half stars on Letterbox. That could really equate to pretty much anything in our a twenty four ranking. Uh, yeah. stat here. I was trying to think as I was watching the movie, like, where, what would I give it? I, I know it's pretty solid. I think I'm going to give it a B. I don't know what I gave Stars at Noon last last week. Do you remember? Because we forgot to fill out the sheet, Ben. We keep a sheet of all of our ratings. We did. I was just looking at it. It's like, what <laughs> and then we forgot. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I might, be re- I might be repeating. Listeners might know. I might be repeating a rating here. But I, I think I'm going to go with a B minus 24. Okay. I'm cool. really cl- I'm really close to a B, but I'm going to go with a B minus just because um I feel like there were a couple instances that just would have benefited from from a little bit more from Jennifer Florence. I think she is quite good in this movie, but I think mm-hmm. I think there's just I was just like 
looking for that extra dig, that extra breakthrough for her character. We are suffering a lot of trauma, and I was hoping that we would get to a point where we can kind of like crack into some of that instead of keeping it so kind of bent and, and, and you know, kind of like tightened. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm going with the B minus 24. What do you got? I mean, really close. I'm going to go with the solid B, just a straight up nice. B 24. Um, yeah, I think there are things that could have been done that would have brought this up to like maybe like an A minus or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for what we got here, great performances again from J-Law and from Brian Tyler Henry. Uh, they're both doing a wonderful job. Uh, just a real slow burn that kept me intrigued. But, you know, I, I, I could have. We love it any two minute runtime for yeah, sure. Big win. I wouldn't have hated like 10 more minutes if we had gotten maybe a little bit more conflict or, you know, between our characters yep. or like you said, a little more resolution. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the B24 for this movie. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, again, like just to harken back, I, I think this is a really solid movie. If you have Apple TV Plus, um, I, I don't know how it's streaming outside of the U.S., but at least in the U.S., it's on Apple TV Plus um, yeah. as, of, as of now. Um, I think if you're looking for a good movie that has Oscar potential and you're trying to get into that kind of like Oscar season, we've kind of kicked off over the last couple of weekends with the big movies coming out. And even though we are 123 days away from the Oscars, I believe we're we're starting the campaign and things are going. Um, and this could be a good black horse uh, for that race. So I think it's um, definitely worth checking out, especially if you're looking for a good good 90 minute drama. Don't hard to find a good 90 minute drama, and this is it. So yeah. Yeah, well, I think we're both kind of locked in on Ki-Hu Kwan winning Best Supporting Actor for Everything Everywhere this year. Uh, I would not be upset to see Brian Tyler Henry, you know, listed as a, uh, you know, a nominee, to say the least. Absolutely agree. Yeah, and we we will have an episode at the end of the year where we rank all the A24 new releases, and I assume in that episode we will also be talking about potential Oscar noms for A24 uh, projects here. And and so we will give, uh, you know, a very detailed, extensive list when that episode comes due. For sure. We make the schedule and make the outline. We'll make it happen for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let us know what you guys thought about Causeway. Have you checked it out yet on Apple TV plus uh, to recommend from both of us? We'd love to hear what you guys think. Yeah. You can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at 24 minutes of a 24. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Yeah, you can see our lovely faces. You can see Ethan's reactions <laughs> uh, to the stuff I was talking about. Um, but yeah, follow us on there. Uh, it's something that we've just started doing and Ethan puts it together and it is awesome. And it's a really fun way to interact with everybody. So yeah. hit us up there. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. <laughs>